Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. On this episode of Crown Jewels, Prince Harry's tell-all is finally here, and we're covering the biggest revelations. From Willie's knockdown brawl to Harold's frosty todger, no jewels go unturned. And what does Harry have to say about King Charles's comments on his parentage? We are back with another episode of Crown Jewels, the elite podcast for the royally obsessed, presented by Betches Media. I'm Lex Nico. And I'm Samantha Bush. And today we have a very special episode. We are going to be talking about a lot of the headlines that have come out surrounding the leaked book, (laughs) Spare, by Prince Harry. And to help us kind of go through all the major headlines, we have Dylan Hafer of the Mention It All podcast, a Bravo bestie. What's up, Dylan? Hi, I'm excited to be here on Crown Jewels. I've been absorbing all the headlines, all the little tidbits and wow there's a lot there's a lot we needed to bring in a heavy hitter to help us sort of work through all of these headlines because there's so much here you guys Mm -hmm. i truly like couldn't even keep up over the weekend with everything that was coming out my head was spinning i was so overwhelmed there was so much coming at us some was like really heavy really dark some was a little spooky ooky and some was just like I thought really funny and a little shady. (laughs) So I can't wait to get into it. The funny thing about a book like this is that anytime a celebrity writes a memoir, there's always going to be, you know, some juicy things that they're spilling the tea Mm -hmm. on and then some kind of anecdotes that are funny or interesting or whatever. But the way that people cover the royal family, it's like every single one of these little, some insignificant details is going to get turned into something that is supposed to sound scandalous. And so it's like Harry could tell a story about, you know, one time Megan and I had a cute date night or whatever. And then like the mirror or the sun or whoever is going to find a way to be like, Harry says that the the date night was the the worst time ever in his life. And it's like, okay, you don't have to do that for every page of the book. Oh, but they're doing it for every page of the book. Every page. Let's get into some of these royal subjects for our royal subjects with tea and crumpets. But like off the top, did you see the post on page six about Megan and Kate and borrowing the lip gloss and they had the giant picture Picture of the lip gloss Photoshop? I'm like, that's when you know it's out of control. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that feels like such a stretch. And of course, when you actually click on the article where it has the excerpt from the book, Mm -hmm. it's really not that juicy, but it's such a good headline. I saw one today that was about Meghan and Harry's like raunchy sex that they had after. Yeah, okay. The excerpt was like, we went to the Soho house. We put Do Not Disturb on our door. I was like, okay, really raunchy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Right before we came on, I did my little um, page six check, and the <laughs> one of the headlines that comes up is 
Judge Judy slammed Prince Harry as, quote, selfish and, quote, spoiled after the bombshell claims he made against the... the, the it's like, Judge Judy just happened to be on Good Morning Britain today and is, like, talking about how he's, like, an ungrateful little grandchild. And it's like, why is Judge Judy expected to weigh in on this? Like, please. Everyone's just, talking about everyone's it. Everyone's talking about it. Full scope opinions over here. I mean, so I want to get into it. My one of my favorite headlines of of them all was that Harry called Will Willie's balding alarming. Um, I couldn't help but laugh, but it says this was when he went to Prince Philip's funeral. Mm-hmm. So this was like after everything that came out. And he says, I looked at Willie, really looked at him, perhaps for the first time since we were little, taking in every detail, his familiar scowl, which has always been the norm in his dealings with me. He adds, his brother's baldness was alarming and more advanced than mine. I mean, at least he acknowledged that he's balding. Sure, fair. But like, this is so petty. (laughs) So petty. He's a petty king. Yeah, it's it's tough because I feel like the way people look at this family, it's like everything is always going to be picked apart and I think sometimes unfairly. But this is one of those things where it's like, you knew what you were doing when you said that his baldness was alarming. 100%. Oh my gosh, and more advanced than mine. Like, again, it's just... I, I'm I'm very curious. I think what I'm the most curious about in reading these headlines and actually getting the book is like, where in the context of the book as a whole does this come up? Like, what is this doing for the memoir of Harold's life? Like, to highlight this. I'm very curious about that because it feels so unnecessary to me. And it like, feels unnecessary, but I also, it makes me wonder, like, how much detail he's going to give on every aspect of his life. Like, if he's mm-hmm. giving this, like, level of detail about his brother's balding and his... I kind of am wondering, like, what are we going to get into? My friend got the book. Um, she ordered it, and it came on her Kindle today. So she started reading it. And there was a – he quotes, like, Brainiac – or Brainyquote.com, like, in the book. Like, this man's biography tell-all is bananas. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's talking about Brainy Quote in but, the like, book. I just don't – again – Here's the thing of where I'm coming from with Harry, because, you know, I like I show up for Harry and Meghan when I need to. I will, mm. you know, give an opinion on them when it's also necessary. But in this instance, it's just like I, I need to understand what this is doing for you from like a therapeutic sense. Like, what is the purpose of a lot of mm. these stories? Or is it simply just to sell copies of books and to be a little salacious, which is also fine. But it's like, this is my constant struggle with them is like, they want to be taken so seriously. And then you talk about Willie's balding and your frostbitten penis. Like, I can't keep up. What do you want? Yeah, it's tough because the things that they've done publicly up until this point, like the Netflix show, the Oprah interview, those kind of select media things that they've done kind of tell all type of moments it still fits within a really specific format of, Mm -hmm. you know, on the Netflix show, they talked a lot about their kind of relationship with each other and how they met and the press and the Royal Rota and that stuff. And the 60 Minutes interview or the Oprah thing was its own thing. But when you have a 400 page book, that's you just telling the stories. I feel like it's probably easy to sort of lose the thread a little bit of, 
what is the reason I'm doing this? Why do I need to get all this stuff off my chest Mm -hmm. and to fill some of those 400 pages with some things that maybe you think are funny or you think are like, you know, uh, relatable or approachable or kind of giving some color to your public persona. But obviously with the way that people feel strongly about Harry, some of the stories might not come off the way that he thinks they will. So I'm not like, I'm not a hater or anything, but mm-hmm. there are some of these excerpts that I've seen where it's like, yeah, what is the, what was the what reason? What was the reason? <laughs> yeah. 400 pages is a lot of, is a lot of room and you can accomplish a lot, but you can also do a lot of damage in 400 mm-hmm. pages if you don't quite have your finger on how stuff is going to be received. My thing, obviously, to kind of just go off of what you were saying is that he's constantly trying to make his family realize things and like they're just not capable of that. These people, right. are, they're just not, they're, they are not going to respond to this book well. They're not going to pick up on any nuance of it. They're not going to find it funny. The These people, I mean, if if Kate was mad that Megan wouldn't let Charlotte get a whole new dress made like the day before the wedding, I mean, she's not going to love the book. No. And it's like he keeps trying to make his family into something that they're not. And it's like he just needs to sit with that and accept that. That's such a good point. And like, I get again from his POV, I get it. He's like, I've tried to talk to them public or privately and they haven't listened. So this is sort of like now my avenue. But still, it's like, is this really the best way? And also like this poor ghostwriter. <laughs> oh, my God. Fighting for their lives in the trenches. Oh, right. my gosh. Okay. Like you could see getting to a point where it's like, OK, I've talked. To, I've tried to talk to them. I'm not getting through. That's really frustrating. And so from there, you could either decide to let it go and talk about it in therapy and be like, this is what it is. I'm never going to get what I want from them. Or you can write the book about it. And I, you know, I don't think writing the book about it is wrong, but it's just a very public choice. And like you were saying, Sam, like, that's just not the way that this family does things or has ever done things or is ever probably going to do things. So there's never going to be that kind of equal and opposite reaction and so, yeah, I mean, I was, some of the articles I was reading, they're like, so far, Buckingham Palace and Kensington Palace haven't responded to any of these claims. And it's like, yeah, they're not gonna. <laughs> That's not how any of this works. No. And yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to see how Harry is ever really going to get any satisfaction. I mean, maybe he gets satisfaction just from it being out there, but he's not going to get that kind of response. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. I mean, the next 
tea and crumpet is, I mean, it has to do with Willie again. Apparently, this guy, this guy called Megan rude and abrasive. And Harry, in quotes, said, it all happened so fast, so very fast. He grabbed me by the collar, ripping my necklace. We'll, we'll talk about the necklace later. <laughs> and he knocked me to the floor. I landed on the dog's bowl, which cracked under my back, the pieces cutting into me. I lay there for a moment, dazed, then got to my feet and told him to get out. So this was when they all had their meeting. Megan was sent back on the plane, if I'm remembering this all correctly, Mm -hmm. in order. Apparently Big Willie got violent. (laughs) And I just, again, have to say, I don't think telling, you know, the world that the future King of England assaulted his brother is going to get you back in with the family. Right. It's just not. It's not at all. And then, like, he took it even further. I remember this was one of the first articles that I read, and he's like... Like, basically, it was saying, don't tell Meg about this. And then Harry's like, that you assaulted me? And he's like, I didn't assault you, Harold. And I'm like, this is, like, you're saying it's like the ball is in their court. And it's like, you really haven't left. The ball is deflated in their court is what's happening here, in my opinion. Like, how do you expect them to reconcile with you after sharing all of this? Like, Dylan, do you do you have thoughts? Are, do you have siblings? Like, I'm also curious. Again, I'm an only child, so maybe this is a normal thing people do. <laughs> I have a sister, and like now our relationship is very chill. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, we fought when we were little kids, but I, the details in this anecdote, the necklace breaking, the the dog bowl, dog bowl crunching by- under his back and cutting in, I'm like. I like describe the necklace. I'm thinking I'm I'm thinking like a string of pearls and then the the pearls just like scatter around the room. I mean it's probably like a, a like petite gold chain if we're being For sure. realistic, but it, it is just kind of like I don't see why Harry I don't see any reason for Harry to lie or make up these mm-hmm. stories, but at the same time like this is the same thing that we've been talking about is like it's just going out into the ether and people are going to react to it, but there's never going to be any kind of response or, you know. I yeah, mean, like, is the real change going to actually result from all of this? Because, again, for, we're thinking about what is his motivation for sharing these stories? And is it like he wants to rip the lid off of the institution and expose all of their, like, you know, dirty little secrets? Sure, let's make that argument. But, like... For what outcome? It's not going to change the British British mm-hmm. media. It's not going to change how that family operates. It's just going to continue to keep you out of the equation. I would understand it maybe a little bit more why they're doing all of this. And I mean, I was like a champion for Meghan and Harry during the mm-hmm. documentary. I was writing. I was following them into battle. I was doing anything. But then, you know, the interviews. I mean, he's talking to Michael Strahan. No shade to him. But... It, it, it's, you know, it's a lot. I feel like I would feel differently if he was saying, I am going to denounce my title. I do not want to reconcile with them. I'm putting my story out there because I wouldn't feel the need. Like, I finally want to speak up. But he's not. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my title. He told Anderson Cooper, what would that really do if I denounced, you know, the Duke title? Um I'm just like, you're not going to reconcile, babe. It's That ship has sailed. Yeah, it's tough. I feel like before the Netflix documentary, it felt a little bit more like, okay, they're just kind of doing their own thing, Mm -hmm. giving it some space. Who knows what will happen a few years down the line. But starting a little bit with the Netflix documentary and then really a lot with the book, it does feel like there's no 
they're past the point of no return. And if that's on purpose, that's fine. If they don't want to reconcile with the family, if they don't ever want to do that, they don't need to ever do that. But it it does feel like Harry's never going to say, I wrote this book because I wanted a fat check and I knew that people yeah. like to like gossip. Like that's not ever going to be right. the story. So it's like, what is the what's the purpose? Yeah. I mean, we're never going to we're never this is going to be the question that will keep the three of us awake at night because I don't think we're ever going to answer this question. But it's true. Even what you were saying about him saying, why would I renounce my title? And it's like, guys, you want to have it both ways. And I think that's what makes them so difficult to like Mm -hmm. appreciate or accept is it's like they want to have it both ways and they feel justified. And that's, I think, where people get into the commentary of them being bratty or childish or immature because it is it is a little bit childish the way that they sort of like engage in this push and pull of, Mm -hmm. you know, their feelings about the royal family and how they were treated. So it's it's interesting. And let's get into a story regarding Megan and Kate, because First of all, you notice Megan has been crickets around all of this press. Silence. <laughs> she has been silenced. Megan, Megan is like, nothing good could possibly no. <laughs> come from me opening my mouth right now. I'm not even on social media, and I'm not going to make any effort to be in public. Correct. No. Not one word. A smart move on her part. Very smart move. And so in the book, Harry says that there was a discussion about the timing of the wedding rehearsal and the flower girl dresses. And Kate was very upset, a source told the Daily Mail. Megan said that Kate must have baby brain because of her hormones. And this was while Kate was pregnant with Prince Louis at the time. And it caused a huge row between Megan. And she was told that she wasn't close enough to her sister-in-law to discuss her hormones. And that wasn't the way people spoke to each other within the royal family. I'm sorry. Get the fuck over yourself. It's really not that serious. I'm sorry. I've never been pregnant. I've never... I don't have a child. But... This is like you're going to be your Mm sister-in-law at the end of the day. Like, she's just simply being like, maybe you have baby brain. Like, maybe, like, something's going on. Like, I don't think Megan ever, like, meant it, like, that horribly. But also, I mean, I try to go back and remember what was going on at that time. And, like, Megan was starting to get eaten the fuck up in the press. Like, Mm -hmm. she, a lot of stuff played into all of this. And um, I think Kate is just... I'm not Team Kate, for mm. sure. Really? No. Well, to think about pre-wedding, this is also the time when stuff was really getting messy with mm-hmm. Megan's dad, I would guess. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot going on. Obviously, there was just a lot of public pressure in general surrounding mm-hmm. that wedding. The The idea of there being some kind of official wrist slap to Megan where it's like, <clears throat> yeah, actually, so that's not how we speak to each other in this family. <laughs> Um, so you're going to have to go and say you're sorry to your future sister-in-law because you're not actually close enough with her to like make a joke about her hormones. It's, it is, that is one of those moments where it's wild to imagine being in a family like that. Yes. Where it's like, yes. where it's like, oh fuck, like that's how it goes that there, some aide is going to come behind your back and be like, yeah, actually. So that's not how things are done. It's like, shut up. Leave me alone. It's my wedding weekend. Right. I know. It's like so mental to think about, to your point, like to that degree that she was reprimanded Mm -hmm. and basically told like, that's not how we speak to one another. And yes, I get it. This is like, again, you know, remember the whole hug story and Mm -hmm. how like 
that's not the way that it's done in England. People aren't affectionate through hugging. Like, I think this is another one of those examples to show that they're cold, like Wills and Kate are cold um, and the institution is cold. But like, it's making a comment about baby brain, like that is such a generic thing. And also, Mm -hmm. if it's not the way that you do it in the royal family, to have like a formal reprimand feels so aggressive to me. So I just like can't even imagine. But again, it it also speaks to the fact like why would Megan feel welcome in that family when like this is what's happening behind the scenes to your point on her Mm -hmm. wedding weekend. Like it's your fucking day. Mm -hmm. It sure Mm. is. And you know what? I just can imagine like the writers of The Crown just living for this book. They're like, oh, we're taking quotes now. Like We have quotes like before they were just kind of imagining how things went down. And of course, you and I, Lex, treat it like a documentary. It's fact. Um, (laughs) But now they have like legit quotes. And I I was thinking about this when Dylan was talking. It's like, I don't think he's lying about any of it. Like, that's the thing. I think he's speaking from a point of view, but I don't think yes. he's like making any of it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there are probably certain situations where maybe his the way he remembers it is different from the way somebody else remembers it or mm-hmm. a line of dialogue that's in a conversation might not be word for word what the person said. But yeah, like I don't think it would, is really anybody's intention when they sit down to write a book like this that it's like, what can I cook up to make my mm-hmm. brother right. sound like the most evil person in the world? It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's your version of what happened. And, um, you know, it would be interesting to hear some other sides of the story. Like we've said, that's not going to happen because yeah. of this family. But um, yeah, I mean, it, I, it is very like um, on Housewives when they'll be like, you could call me whatever you want, but I'm not a liar. <laughs> but, okay. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I do want to ask you guys a question. Yeah. So Nostradamus predicted that this year... <laughs> Put on that tinfoil cap. Yeah. Let's do it. So- <laughs> is this the conspiracy theory portion of the show? Yes. I'm new here. This comes yeah, up this quite a se- bit. Yeah, this is a segment. This is our okay. new segment. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize how random that would sound. But he said that this was the year that the monarchy would fall. And I'm curious if, like, you believe that. Because, like, the coronation is allegedly coming. Prince Harry's burning it the fuck down. He also hopes he gets to be invited. <laughs> like, this is just crazy. Chaos. Crazy. 
I mean, I can answer, and this is, remember, coming from a person who thinks that Meghan and Harry are now in the Illuminati with Tyler Perry. Right. Beyonce. (laughs) But um, I think that it is all relative. I think if you were to look at it and, like, you could make the argument that through this book and through this docuseries and everything that, like, the monarchy is already crumbling. Right. But do we think it's going to, like, completely dissipate or disappear? No. I think that... I think Charles will fight tooth and nail to keep his reign. Right. Like there's there's layers to it. And I think maybe that kind of really polished facade of like, this is how things are done has never been quite blown open in this way. But at the same time, it's like, is an angry mob going to burn down Buckingham Palace? Like, no. So <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting maybe in a few years, if we're all still here, to look back <laughs> and be like, how has the cultural perception of the monarchy shifted? Because even looking now at like when Diana died, like that was this whole kind of crisis moment for the royal family. And it was so unpopular that they weren't saying any those types of moments. Um, you know, I think the, the public perception definitely shifts and changes. And maybe this is kind of a, a turning point, but it's it's hard to see when you're inside of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, as if I'm inside of it, I'm like. <laughs> this, oh, we're inside. Aff- your in line life. for the throne. <laughs> this affects my life, not at all. But boy, am I interested. <laughs> but boy, am I hooked. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Sam? <sighs> Since I brought it up, I do have thoughts. Um, I just think maybe they'll cut back on their duties. Maybe the Commonwealth will, you know, no longer be. I just think a big change is coming besides King Charles, you know, and his coronation. But I don't know. Maybe Nostradamus is a liar. How much stuff that Nostradamus has predicted has come true? This is so off topic, but now I'm like (laughs) so invested. I know. I wonder. That's a oh deep my God. dive for another yeah, day. Yeah, I'll look it up. Yeah, while I, I deep dive that, I did <laughs> want to bring up one headline that came out of the Anderson Cooper meeting, specifically for our resident bowler, Samantha Bush, um, where Prince Harry talked about... I'm having his, a tough time this yeah, week. Yeah, his stepmother, Camilla, was a villain while his parents were married, and that she actually traded stories oh. with the British press to gain popularity and positive sentiment in the media from the public. What do we think about that? When you said bowler, I literally was thinking, Sam, you were in like a bowling league or something. <laughs> oh, like you no. went to the bowling alley with your sh- shoes and your shirt. Um, <laughs> I personally really enjoyed the headline about um, Camilla turning Harry's bedroom into like mm-hmm. overflow closet space the second he left the house. I'm like, that is iconic. Like, that I have is... no problem with that. I have no problem every, with that. It's every a bonus room. parent does that. Yes. I'm sorry. Like, it's like your room is a gym now. Goodbye. <laughs> if you've never come home from college and had like a gift wrapping station, a sewing machine, some storage units in your mm-hmm. bedroom, like uh, uh, that's luxury. Good. Exactly. Proud of proud for you. But I, I mean, Camilla is an interesting one because I'm like I've never had an issue with her in the way that so many people just do. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like I wouldn't be like so so shocked if she's done some shady under the table press dealing type of shit i mean like diana recorded a whole book on tape before she decided like it's not like they weren't doing shit like that in the 90s exactly exactly 100 agree with that it's like 
even this entire memoir is not that out of left field. Right. I agree. And, you know, I'm having a hard time this week, and it's only Tuesday, <laughs> um, with this news of Camilla, um, because it's tough seeing my girl get, get this kind of press. Um, but he also said that he doesn't hate her. And this is, like, what's really interesting to me about this memoir is, like, he says all of this stuff, and then he's, like, like he'll say all of this stuff about his family, and then be like, but I don't think they're racist. Right. Or I'm he's like, like, excuse me? Oh, my God, Lex. But I love William. I love William. Right. He did all of this shit to me, but I love him. It's like, bro, you can't have it both ways. It's confusing. And you know what's really confusing is I saw a headline um, just this morning, actually, about him talking about Susan Hussey, the woman who said all of those racist remarks. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, basically, Megan and I love her. And I'm glad that she was given that opportunity. Oh gosh. Like Harry. Is baby. she the one that is she the one that wore the brooch? No, that's no. another one. Oh right, there's more of them. Okay. There's more of them. There's more <laughs> of like, the White Walkers. The, the one that w- did the racist thing. It's like, well, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough because like it is your family. It's where you grew up. It's your still your original home. I understand I understand the the temptation to be like I'm airing all these grievances. I have all these specific issues, but they're my family. I love them. I want us to all be good. But I, yeah, I think there is kind of a realism that's maybe not clicking that it's like you're ruining the chance of that. And if he want again, if he wants to, that's fine. But that it's like if you, you have to choose, you have to choose what you care more about. And if you care more about making up with your brother and your dad than writing this book, Probably was a mistake, but again, I don't. I, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make a crazy comparison. Okay. Prince Harry is acting like Kristen Doty, in the sense <laughs> that on Vanderpump Rules, Kristen went crazy. She like overcorrected to the point of like <laughs> like trying to make a point so badly that Ariana and Tom hooked up. That it made her look insane. Mm-hmm. And I almost think Harry is like teetering on that line a little bit, like where he wants people to see the family for who they are and what they did to him. And he wants them to see it too. And he wants everyone to like understand. But he's almost like looking a little, he's looking a little Kristen Doughty. Yeah. I mean, there's you know? absolutely like a. You're like beating a dead, too much. a dead horse. You're doing Almost. too much and you're getting like past the point and now you're going to fuck around and find out because mm-hmm. it's just like, again, I and we said this and I don't know how you felt after watching the docuseries, Dylan, but like after that, I was like, great. I feel like we've wrapped up this conversation yeah. with a perfect little bow. I mm-hmm. have a more positive sentiment about the two of them. But then he comes out with this book and like, again, all of these fast headlines and I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I think it's tough to kind of level with yourself the idea that even if you know that you're right about so many things and you know the truth, that the world might not ever know the truth the way you do. And you just have to kind of be at peace with that. Because, Sam, like what you were saying, this crusade to get all of the truth and the answers out there 
maybe people will question the royal family more, but also people are going to have a lot more questions about you. And, you know, just because you are right doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to be on your side or believe you or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's tough. And I, I hope that after this, he and Megan can kind of chill for a while just mm-hmm. because they seem in the docuseries, especially like they seem so in love and happy together and they have these beautiful children and this beautiful life in Montecito and the stunning house and the friends and all of this. And it's like, just enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Just, let, just work, do what you need to do and try to make that enough. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I mean, you have enough money to satisfy your needs for mm-hmm. enough time. So I don't know, like where they go from here. I think you're totally right. They need to kind of like, chill a little bit and just realize like they have it really fucking good Mm -hmm. (laughs) they do and i i mean there's rumors that megan wants to run for political office so come on i'm just saying i would give it i would give it a a few years at least (laughs) yeah there is just one more headline that i do want to touch on um Mm -hmm. i want to talk about the frost bitten penis sure (sighs) So what about it? It was a little <laughs> shocking to see this headline. It just says frostbitten penis incident. And it says after a 200 mile Arctic charity walk, Harry says he had to go to William's wedding with a frostbitten todger. So that's a A frostbitten todger. He wrote, Pa was very interested and sympathetic about the discomfort of my frost-nipped ears and cheeks. While the ears and cheeks were already healing, the Tolja wasn't. That's tough. This is just, this is exactly what I was talking about before when I'm saying that in a, when you're writing a memoir like this, there are stories that are juicy and there are stories that are just like fun, silly details. Mm -hmm. And this is a story that in most people's memoirs would just be a fun, silly detail. But Mm -hmm. that because this is Prince Harry writing about your frostbitten dick is like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, I'm glad he's Um, recovered. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I guess. Um, But it's like the, it's one of those things where it's just like, you know what you're, you should know what you're getting yourself into. Like, this isn't just going to be some like cute, fun story. People are going to be like, the prince is talking about his genitals. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Like, that's the thing. Nobody is going to just think, oh my God, what a cute, quirky little sentiment. Mm. Like, everyone's going to take that and run with it and be like, bro is talking about his frostbitten dick. Let's talk. Like, what is yeah, that? They're going to go back and rewatch footage from the wedding and be like, you walking weird. What's the deal? I did think about that. And I, I thought, thought in my mind, like, were his cheeks excessively rosy? I feel like they were. I feel like they were, too. <laughs> like, there are just things where I'm like, damn, what is he doing? But I'm living for it. It's giving us so much to talk about. I mean, I learned a new word. I had never Told heard ya. the term Todger before. Yeah, they've <laughs> yeah. got a lot of good slang over there. Real good. They're doing it better <laughs> than we're doing it over here in North America. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, well, any final thoughts? Dylan, are you planning on reading this book? Do you feel like you have enough with the headlines? Um, I feel like I probably am good for now. I know that you guys are going to read it, and so maybe mm-hmm. I'll listen to your upcoming episodes for any stray thoughts that you – or spare thoughts maybe that you uh, spare thoughts. <laughs> you throw go. in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's I've, – I've read a lot of articles. I've seen a lot. I'm like – I feel like with the, the book, with the book that gets quoted like this, it's like, 
I don't know if I need to, if we need to head to Barnes and Noble. Well, I ordered it. It's on its way. And I just realized this morning after multiple followers pointed out that I ordered it in large print. <laughs> So it's going to be about 800 pages long. <laughs> Stop um, it. <laughs> Oopsie. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yours is going to look like a coffee table book. It's going to be insane. It's going to be like a child's book. It's. But oh, that'll wow. be really good for like highlighting and circling. Yeah. Right. A lot of oh. notes. You know I'm going to be making notes, Sam. You know me and my notes. I can't go a week without them. I know. Oh my <laughs> well, Dylan, thank you so much for joining us. And if you are listening and the Crown Jewels feed, make sure you go check out Mention It All, the Bravo Recap Podcast. It's incredible. You'll hear all of Dylan's hot takes, thoughts, opinions. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here. And likewise, if you are listening to this on the Mention It All feed, make sure you go check out Crown Jewels, if, especially if you want to hear the rest of, um, you know, the nonsense from <laughs> Harry's book. <laughs> I'm sure there will be more. Oh, there will be <laughs> there much will be a more. Ton more. Thank you, Dylan. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, Lex, are you ready to make it rain? Oh, of course. And this week we wanted to highlight a specific part of Harry's book to rain on. So let's get into it, Sam, because Harry finally addressed the paternity of it all. I was so curious to see if he was going to talk about this. Because I was like, Khloe Kardashian, I feel like, has never really, I mean, like, she's kind yes. of, like, made jokes or something about it, but, like, never really talked about it. Because um, she has very similar, obviously, rumors. Rumors circulating, yeah. For sure. And so I was really curious if Harry was going to talk about it and if he was going to name the guy. Like, if he was going to directly, you know, name James Hewitt, because that is the guy that everybody allegedly you know, yes. And so for a little quick backstory time, for decades, there have been rumors that Major James Hewitt, who was a military officer, is Harry's biological father. So this man um, publicly disclosed in the 90s that he had an affair with Princess Diana. He has red hair and like the overall facial structure has a resemblance to Harry and vice versa. And you're totally right. Like with the Chloe Kardashian, OJ Simpson, like there's been Lionel Richie. There's so many rumors. Mm -hmm. Like she hasn't really, she's like briefly addressed it on the show, but I was shocked. And again, in my mind, I'm like, this is where you're airing on the side of salacious because it's like, I was shocked that he talked about this. I was shocked too. And I, I mean, I'm thrilled. Same. I'm so happy. Delighted. But I, yeah, I just can't believe that he named yeah. the guy. Like, he really, because I have obviously heard of these rumors for forever. And I remember like doing side by side comparisons, being like, who does he look like here? Who does he look like there? Mm -hmm. And at first glance, they do share like a striking resemblance. They yes. have like the exact same color red hair. They have the rosy cheeks. They have the same kind of like jawline. Facial structure. Yeah. Yep. But then I've looked up younger photos of Prince Philip. And Harry looks very, very similar to him. 
Really? Yeah. I mean, a whole snack. And <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Prince Philip, when he was younger, could get it. Could I get, get why the queen. He could get it. <laughs> I get why the queen was acting up the way that she was for this man. But I just found that really, really interesting. And I was surprised that James Hewitt ever like brought this up. Yeah. In the first place. Like, what a shady little guy. Because no one else really was talking about him. I also didn't know that he publicly disclosed the affair. Like, that was news to me in reading this headline. And, like, Harry wrote, and we can quote it here, He's about King Charles. He said, Paul liked telling stories, and this was one of the best in his repertoire. Harry wrote in the book per NBC News. He said, Charles used to joke. Who knows if I'm really the Prince of Wales? Who knows if I'm even your real father? Maybe your real father isn't Broadmoor, darling boy. And Charles would laugh and laugh. <laughs> so this to me is like one of those situations where the name of the book Spare really hits home. Mm-hmm. He constantly felt like an outsider, like he was constantly the one to be mocked. He was constantly the one to kind of you know, be ignored, pushed aside. He was a punching bag of sorts is the picture he's painting, right? Yeah. And it's it's actually really sad. Yeah. And Charles, I think, making jokes about it if would be would feel different if him and Diana were still married, if Diana was still alive, it probably would feel different, but unfortunately that's not the case. Um and so to joke about something like that when your mother, when the, you know, your mother has passed and like, you know that your father also had these extramarital affairs, mm-hmm. like, it's so complicated and has so many different layers to it. And I just think like a majority of people who read the headlines aren't going to pick up on this. They're just going to read the headline and then move on. Um, they might not even read the book and then they won't get like the nuance of it all, which Harry seems, as we talked with Dylan about, like he really hopes people get, but I don't think. I know. I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily going to reach as many people with like that sentiment as he thinks. But again, maybe this is therapeutic for him. And also this is one of those stories where I genuinely feel like sadness for him because Mm -hmm. you can honestly see that being a part of this family in the role and with this label, like, you know, we go back to Megan talking about archetypes, like mm-hmm. on an entire podcast series. He like, should have been a guest. Yeah. Like this archetype of spare, you can genuinely see that it's like triggering for Harry. And he feels like, you know, he really was second best because that's literally how they labeled him. Mm-hmm. And it was always implicated in like all of his relationships from what he's shared or what we've seen so far in these headlines with everyone except his mom, right? With with Diana. And then Diana passed away and he was kind of left with these people that he didn't really feel this like deeper emotional safety and connection with is the mm-hmm. vibe that I'm getting. And it's like, it makes me sad. It makes me very sad. And he wrote, one cause of this rumor was Major Hewitt's flaming ginger hair, but another was sadism. Tabloid readers were delighted by the idea that the younger child of Prince Charles wasn't the child of Prince Charles. They couldn't get enough of this quote-unquote joke for some reason. Maybe it made them feel better about their lives that a young prince's life was laughable. Again. That's so sad. I know. But I also, like, I also take a step back and think, like, you know, is this that uncommon in, like, a, a 
family dynamic, like this mm-hmm. type of like favoritism, you know, outsider, black sheep, um, but just in like a much larger scale. I, you know, it did not saying it makes it right or kind or nice or anything. Um, I just feel like when he lost his mom, he really lost, like you said, such a safe place. Yeah. Someone who always, you know, understood his role as a quote unquote spare. Um, and I think him and his, you know, Princess Diana always had like such a very close relationship, not saying her and William didn't, but I think she always felt kind of sad for him. Yes, you know, for that sure. He, he was always kind of playing second fiddle and it's sad. It's super sad. And I think, too, again, we've heard like rumors and also stories around like King Charles and him having a lot of insecurity around like his popularity and being first best and da 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 da. So it's like, you know, how easy, how easy might it have been for him to take Harry down a peg or two with this Mm -hmm. joke when like, you know, Harry was the hot younger bachelor son of the future king of England. And so like, you know, maybe again, this was Charles's way of like bringing him down a peg or two. And then also what I was like thinking or what I'm curious if we'll get in the book is like, I wonder if Harry ever communicated to his dad that this bothered him or if he just like sucked it up. And this is like the first time that we're hearing about it because clearly, again, from the backstory that we're getting, these people did not communicate with one another about their feelings or emotions. Ever. Never. And if they did, they were, you know, said that they were abrasive or Mm -hmm. rude. So my thing is, is like at this time, like not right now, but like when they were younger, Harry to me was always looked at upon as like, I don't want to say the word ugly, but he wasn't like considered I don't think, I don't remember people talking about it as like handsome or Mm -hmm. good looking. Because if you remember at that, like when they were younger, William was like it. He was so handsome. He was like the one that was going to become king. He had the blondish, sandy blonde hair. Like he was so handsome. And Harry was kind of like his younger little brother, like with the rosy cheeks, like red (laughs) hair, like kind of like that. And so to constantly hear like, oh, you know, I'm not your dad. And like someone else is your, like... And then having people talk about your brother as this, like, super handsome. Certified hottie. Certified babe. (laughs) Like, that fucking sucks. That sucks. And I'm not saying Harry is ugly. I'm not saying that. But, like, I just remember at the time, like, no one was looking at Harry. Everybody wanted William, you know? And, I mean, look, I will say I always found Harry so cute. But it is true. Until he was in the, like, Chelsea, Davy in the army um, mm-hmm. type era in right. that era. That's when he really was like the hot to trot brother. Mm-hmm. But you're so right. Like everybody fully glamorized Prince William. And maybe it is, again, as like somebody who has a sibling, maybe it, it, if I'm thinking about this, like maybe that is something where like I've talked about Will's glow down and he brings up his balding. Like maybe that is a way that he's feeling like he can take a passive aggressive jab and like get even right like that to me could kind of make sense and not that it matters but I'm like it's just wild to think that they just used him as a punching bag and like your dad was joking about not being your dad and like he probably never addressed it with him until this book yeah and you know who I think would really love this book Princess Margaret oh 
Yeah, you know she's going to light up a cig. Yeah, like light up a cig, drink a martini, really take down mm-hmm. that book by a fire. Like just because I think she felt that way. She yeah. felt like a spare. And she was in a lot of ways. She wasn't able to be with the person she wanted to be with. She wasn't able to do certain things. The queen was always kind of, you know, telling her what to do and what not to do. And another thing I was thinking about just to like not be a totally team Harry in this situation <laughs> Because I always like to think that everybody comes to the table with their own shit. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own shit. Like with Prince Charles, for example, in this situation, obviously it wasn't nice what he was doing. It was really shitty. But at the time, that's maybe how he coped with the the rumors, the rumors? that his son was not his. Maybe that's how he dealt with, you know, the affair and stuff like that is to make light of it. Unfortunately, it was at Harry's expense. Like... Everyone's coming at this, like, with their own stuff. You know, like, Kate's coming at it, you know, uh, with a lot of pressure on her to be Mm -hmm. the future queen. She's got to be with William. She's got to be perfect. And people are – I don't know. So I I feel for everybody in the situation because – they're all stuck in this institution and I feel like we say this every week is like and that's what Harry's trying to get them to see Mm -hmm. is like this can be different we can change this doesn't have to be this way but it's like they're so in it that they're so never happen and they they genuinely believe it is easier to kind of be miserable and keep things as is than fight to try and change and I honestly think that comes from a place of should they try to modernize, advance, or ultimately change the monarchy, that might fuck with their shit in terms of like money, in terms of how they show up publicly. Like you said, if they start doing less, you know, public service appearances and things like that, people are start, start going to start being like, well, why do we even really need them? And then, you know, that mm-hmm. fucks with their shit. So I really think that's where it comes from at the end of the day. But I think it's... Super unfortunate to your point because it does seem like all these people are miserable and we do say Mm -hmm. this at least every other week for sure. And let's also say for the record to wrap up on this reign, Harry corrects this record saying that his mother didn't meet James Hewitt until long after he was born, Mm -hmm. which again, like, why wasn't that the front and center headline at the time? Because it didn't sell papers. Because it didn't sell, you know, it didn't make anybody any money. To be like, actually, <laughs> that's not what happened, you know. Actually, Ellen, that's not the truth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's time for our favorite game of mail or fail. One of these is a real headline from the Daily Mail or a similar publication, and the other has been completely made up by our producers. Sam, will we spot the mail or will we fail today? Let's get into it. You want to read those headlines? Yeah. So the first one, Harry pulls back on hairline. Prince Harry appears to apologize for comments on brother's hair. 
The next headline is Cam on. Camilla breaks cover after Harry called her a villain. <laughs> first thoughts? My first thought is these could both be true. I know. I they feel do such like a good job. I know, really. The fir- okay. I think the real one is the second one. So do I. Oh, okay. Do you want me yeah. to click on it? Click on it. Yep. We were correct. We're correct? Second week in a row, baby. Oh my goodness. We're on a streak. So it says the Queen Consort today broke cover after the Duke of Sussex made the huge U-turn while speaking on Good Morning America. Harry last night lashed out at Camilla in a bombshell chat on CBS's 60 Minutes. He told Anderson Cooper that Camilla was the villain as his father's, quote, other woman. And he accused Camilla of showing an open willingness to trade information with the press as she campaigned to marry Charles. But now he's spoken much kindly of a stepmother in a fresh interview promoting his book. She had a reputation or an image to rehabilitate. Well, I don't think that that's that nice. I mean, yeah, I have. But again, this is this is exactly what we're saying. He he takes 10 steps forward and then like tries to double down three steps back. And he said, I have a huge amount of compassion for her, you know, being the third person within my parents' marriage. like Which is a quote from Diana. Yes. And like, look, we all get that she had a reputation to rehabilitate. And like Charles was not going to let her go after you know, he finally moved forward with divorcing Diana and all of that damage was done. But like, here, again, here's where I go back and forth. I don't condone trading any of those like intimate details. But Mm -hmm. once again, this is the way this family operated. This is how they played. So I'm not surprised or shocked by it. And further, like, Harry, are you not trying to like rehabilitate an image or a reputation by sort of like breaking the fourth wall of the monarchy mm-hmm. here to try to show yourself and Megan in a stronger light. Like, right. I feel like we're all trying to do the same thing out here, you know? They are. And they're doing it just in a different way. Yes. And it's, you know, he's going against a really big, because they're all together. Like, they're all a united front. And they're, you know, not going to be happy about any of this. And he's mm-hmm. him and Megan are kind of like doing it on their own. And from what I've seen online is there's a lot of mixed feelings. I don't know if this book is going to help or hurt them. I guess we'll see. I, it depends on what they want. And seriously, right. what we've seen is that changes every single week. So. Every single week. You and I come on here saying we're like, we just never know. Like, I'm I'm so shocked. And again, like, if I'm being a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, like, I'm so shocked that this book is coming out this hard after the docuseries, because I feel like in terms of rehabilitating an image or, like, trying to reinstate a vision of who they are, they did such a good job in the docuseries. And this is just, like, going to take them so far, so many steps backwards. But, like, again, maybe that's what they want. But I don't think it is only because, like, we haven't seen a peep from Megan around this book. So I don't, like, imagine that she's, she's overly be quiet. excited about this. No. And do you think – so I'm kind of wondering if maybe people would feel differently about this book if he didn't do so many interviews. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. That's the part, too, is like he's not only releasing this tell-all book that people, of course, were going to read and people were going to write about, but he's also doing Anderson Cooper interviews, ITV interviews, Michael, Michael Strahan, Strahan. Interviews. Like, he's everywhere. Yeah. 
I'm actually surprised with the amount of press that he's doing around this book. I didn't think that he would do that much. Same. But we've also seen in the past, like, Meghan and Harry aren't that great at interviews. Like, I don't know who's media training them, but like, sometimes the way they say things and the way it slips off their tongue, I'm just like, oh, why right. did you say it like that? Because it just doesn't come off the way that they think it Yes, is. exactly. But well, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, so to finish up, I want us to name our spotted dick for the episode. Who has been a real steamed pudding this week? I mean, I'm having a really tough time this week picking somebody. Like, I might, and this is not based on the headlines in the book, but it's based on the interviews that I've seen and the clips. I'm I'm saying Harry is my spotted dick this week. And let me explain why. Please. Okay? My jaw dropped. I think going back to the point that I just made, it is in those interviews that he comes off like what he thinks is coming out of his mouth and the way that I'm hearing it are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And he comes off very bratty and immature. And it's now putting me as an observer in a confusing position because it's like, I want to like you. You're making it challenging. But I'm also unclear of like what your expected outcome is here. And I don't like that. <laughs> Listen, I support you and I hear Thank you. you. Thank you. My spotted dick of the week is Kate. Mm. <sighs> Tell me why, please. Listen, I think Kate is a brat. <laughs> and I don't love the way that she treated Megan. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying this because I like Megan a lot. I'm saying just from what I've seen, the text messages that allegedly went on between the two of them regarding the flower girl dresses and how it's like, I want Kate to understand you were also in this position at one time. Yeah. You were also being hounded by the press. Why aren't you leading with a little bit more empathy, with a little bit more like human support, support, yeah. like I just don't get it. I don't understand what she's thinking. And she just comes off not great. I'll yeah. tell you. No, I, I definitely concur. And I hear that. And I'm curious if you think, like, I've thought about this before. Because I'm like, why wasn't she just, like, fucking nicer to Megan? Like That's what I don't get. Why are you it? so rude? Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is, like, did she perceive that maybe, like, Megan got in with the family easier when her and Wills really had to fight for like approval from the family for them to wed. But again, if that's the case, like they're they're two you separate. You shouldn't want someone to go through that just because you had to. And you're also not a royal. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't a born royal. You were a quote unquote commoner. Granted, she did come from like an extremely wealthy family and hung out with really rich and famous people all the time but that's very different than like growing up in that type of environment and I'm just like who the fuck do you think you are like Mm -hmm. I wish that she had a little bit more gave Megan a little bit more support and just was like this is because she loved Harry and I wish I know this is who my brother-in-law is picking like okay we'll make it work it's I know it's a bummer and you know like I I'm still desperate. I don't think, based on these headlines, we're ever going to get it. But there was a world before last week where I was optimistic that the Fab Four would rekindle in the future. But I just, with the way that these attacks are coming out so hard 
on Wills and Kate specifically, I don't know if we're going to get that. And I mean, there's just more to come. So I mean, that's really it for this week's episode of Crown Jewels. We will be back, of course, next week breaking down Spare. So make sure you're back to listen for part two of the intimate look into Harry's life in the monarchy. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And we'll have new episodes every single Thursday, so be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss our next episode. It is going to be such a good one. I literally cannot wait for this book to fall on my doorstep in like, I don't know, six to eight hours. I'm desperate. I am i can't wait to hold it in my hands. I know. My large, large print. print. Be sure to tell all of your royally obsessed friends about Crown Jewels. Make sure that they're subscribed and listening along with you. And follow me at Lex Nico. And follow me at Bravo Historian. And until next time, may God save the bitch. Betches.